0: Welcome back to the Decades of Strength podcast. On this week's episode, we talk all about getting back on track after the crazy holidays, how to survive events, parties, and just manage all of the obstacles that happened between Thanksgiving and Christmas if you celebrate, but more so just December. It's a crazy, crazy month, and so we give you some strategies to make you feel like you can tackle it all and head into the new year on a good note. So stay tuned. Let us know what you think. You can head over to my website at www.balancewithsam.com or you can check it out on iTunes and just search Balance With Sam Podcast. All right, let's tune into the episode now. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I am here with Kim Schlag and Nicole Garrett, and me, Sam Altieri. The three of us make up the three women of the decades, the twenties, thirties, and forties. Um, in today's topic, we are going to be talking about what to do if you've fallen off track or, you know, maybe you had a rough holiday and you're having a hard time getting back into it. So we're here to talk about all things, getting back on track and heading back towards your goals. So hi guys. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, thank hey, you. Kim. So I figured we could we could kind of start off um, and just kind of go over, uh, well, first of all, how all of your Thanksgivings were, but also if you yourself had any, um, you know, any struggles throughout the holiday and what that kind of looked like with food or with, with anything, but um, food, workouts, whatever that may be, or did you guys have a pretty easy time staying on track? Uh, let's go with uh, Nicole. Why don't
1: we start with you? Um, sure. Yeah. You know what? Thanksgiving for me is always so crazy with like little kids. And plus I hosted that, um, I usually get to have like one plate of Thanksgiving food and then like one plate of dessert. And I never really like have time to sort of like snack on appetizers or like overeat. So Thanksgiving is really good for me since I had children um, it's one of those holidays where, like, you know, it's harder for me in the summertime just, like, being out at a nice restaurant than it is on Thanksgiving, in all honesty. Um, what was hard for me is that I am... Uh, in a fat loss phase right now. Mm -hmm. So I am eating in a calorie deficit every single day. I am tracking my macros. Um, So the weekend was kind of hard for me, like go we did a lot of meals out. um, And that was hard for me, like running around with kids for six hours, and not having food and then getting to a restaurant and order is like a salad with grilled chicken or like, a piece of fish with veggies. So it's like a cheeseburger. A <laughs> ring. Um, so it's, it's tough when I get into those situations where like, I'm not totally prepared. And I'm hungry. And you're like, just at this place that's known for their burgers. And like, all that's all you want. So for me, I just struggled, you know, staying in a good calorie deficit, um, when eating out a lot and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty normal. I mean, I definitely had the the post-Thanksgiving, like, well, I don't really know where my calories are at, but I'm going to do the best I can with what I have, <laughs>
1: yeah. you know, taking yeah. taking it one day at a time. You
0: know? Yeah, and yeah. sometimes
1: you just, you know, your best has to be good enough, um, and I'm coming off being sick for three weeks, too, so I've been struggling to hit my protein, which for me is, like, that's, like, just an knife to the ego because I always eat a lot of protein I'm like the queen of protein (laughs) so to like see myself not hitting my protein numbers that aren't even that hard to hit is like what is wrong with you girl um but I'm back on track this week and I'm feeling good so I'm happy about that good that's awesome (laughs) uh what about you Kim? So, um, we had a house full of guests. I
2: had people come on Tuesday, and we had guests here through the weekend, and we had a lot of events. We our events started on Wednesday, and we had events Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way up till Sunday. And so it was a lot of food. It was a lot of busyness. And the thing that for me would have really thrown me for a loop in previous years was my lack of ability to do my scheduled workouts. Um, My gym, I don't know if you see when I do videos, my gym is attached to my guest bedroom. Um, It's in my basement. And so I have to go through the guest bedroom to get to my gym. And so my usual plan on busy days is that I will just work out super early or super late. I have no problem training at 11 o'clock at night. Well, you can't do that if your guests are asleep. It's not good manners. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so we had all this scheduled stuff. And so I, I looked at my week and I tried to think like, okay, I could be flexible here and there. And when it came down to it, I got two full workouts in and that was going to be it. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I was okay with it. In years past, that would have like blown me away. Like I would have lost my mind. I would have had to find a way to do it. I would have gone out to another gym or done something to make it work. You know, and I would have um, probably skipped a family activity to do it. Yeah. So yeah, this year, I just let it be. And,
0: and this goes for both of you. But, like, how do you guys think that you made that switch in mindset from being, like, super, not, like, obsessive, but almost like, oh, my God, I have to do this or else or else I'm going to die, you know, to being okay and at peace with, you know, what you can do?
2: You know, I think it came down to, for me, realizing that one week means nothing in the grand scheme of things. You know, it takes some time doing this. You know, I'm years and years into this now, where at first I really thought it could mess everything up, like like that my results would seriously be impacted by a week where I only worked out two times. Yeah. Like, I really thought that that would impact it. And I think if, if people can experience how you do that and nothing happens, mm. that you can be calmer about it. And I think, you know, the way that I like to talk about it with my clients is, Remember a perfect week that you've had at some point when you just felt like your eating was exactly on point and your exercise was exactly on point. And then think about what your body looked like immediately after that. Were the results like so amazing? Like, yes, like that week made all the difference. I look exactly how I want now. And obviously their answer is like, no, like, no, it didn't make that big of a difference. And it's exactly the same in the other way. You know, it takes a long time of consistency to make or break the results. And one week just... One week just doesn't do anything. Yeah. What about for you? Nicole? Yeah, I.
1: Th- yeah, I think it's the same exact thing. I used to get into that mentality of like, if I miss a few workouts, and I'm going to lose all my gains. um And then I think that it really takes time and it takes experience, like with anything, to realize that no, I didn't. You know, build my physique in one week, so I'm not going to lose it in one week. Just like dieting, we think that one week of hard work, we're going to lose all this weight and everything's going to be perfect, but it didn't take you one week to gain all of that weight. Um, So it's silly to think that you're going to lose it in one week. And I think the same goes for working out. Um, Strength wise, it would take months and months of you like not working out to actually lose like a significant amount of strength. I mean, endurance is a little different. You know, you can lose endurance levels in a matter of weeks but strength wise no it takes a long time to undo everything you've done
0: yeah yeah do you guys did you guys notice like you've had your first workouts back from kind of the holiday um that first workout back like if you had taken a little bit of time off when I when I go back into it I always notice like everything feels wicked heavy that first workout but then the workout after is like Oh my god, I'm Superwoman! Like I feel so <laughs> refreshed and strong. And you're like, oh wow, time off is amazing. Like I should do and, this more.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Did- I have not had I have not had that experience yet. I'll let you know. I'm deadlifting today. Ooh! So, oh, today's the day for you then. Today, today's the day. Yeah, I had to put it off one more day. Trying to get back to
1: work yesterday. Um, a big workout was not happening. Um, yeah, I do get that Sam though, especially like with CrossFit, Yeah. if I take a little time off, um, even if I've been spending a ton of time on my pull-ups and stuff, and then I take a little time off and then I go in and I just like kill it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, see, I just needed to like, give myself a little bit of rest and, you know, and then that usually makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah. I think that actually like that whole um mentality of letting your body rest you know and like yes. knowing knowing when enough is enough um and that it is almost a blessing when holidays like this do come because you're almost forced into rest when mm-hmm. you might not necessarily want to take it but sometimes it is a, an amazing thing to have to be forced into rest because your body like really appreciates it and usually good things will come like you know maybe you you did have a crazy uh you know time overeating or something at at your dinner but maybe your you know your mental sanity was was better in that week because you had time with your family or whatever it is you know like sometimes you just need to to have that time away to to appreciate the other stuff in
2: life and i think <clears throat> a lot of that is determined by your mental state around it mm. because even if even if physically you could benefit from the rest if you're in the wrong spot mentally like worrying about what's happening because you're not working out and Worrying about what's happening because you're eating pie, um, you know, you'll stress yourself out to the point where it's not an enjoyable rest, you know. Yeah. I actually, I actually um, reached out to every single one of my online clients on Friday morning. I tried to get them early in the day yeah. to kind of be like, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? And remember, like, today you don't need to go do extra cardio. You don't need to punish yourself. You know, depending on the client, I said different things, but it was some variety of, like, just a normal day. Right, like, there's nothing else. There's nothing else that needs to happen because of what happened yesterday. Just a normal day. Exactly, exactly.
0: I think that's <clears throat> really when it comes when you know that you're making progress mentally too, is when you see Thanksgiving or a holiday, right? As any other day. Like it's yeah, sure. There's more temptation and there's more options, um, <clears throat> and not you're not exposed to all this food on a regular basis. But if you treat it like another day, like you're not gonna wanna go ape shit crazy on everything because there is there's not so much of a scarcity mindset because you know what I mean like you're eating in a way that allows you to have the foods you like in moderation yeah and I think for for a lot of my clients and myself too this was the first year that I was like that I really I didn't just say that but I actually thought it you know, hmm. like, I was like, no, I don't, I actually don't feel the need to eat until my pants need to turn into leggings, <laughs> you know, like, like I can have Thanksgiving again on Friday and Saturday. It's you know, yeah. like there's, there's always going to be some more food. There is always going to be more food. Yes. What are your, um, what are your guys' thoughts on, on that? Like the scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset? Have you experienced a similar, um, maybe one of your clients has gone through like a phase where. They did go into the holiday being like, oh, my God, I overate so much. And then trying to help them find, like, the root of that, um, you know, that episode or whatever.
2: Yeah, you want to go first, Nicole? Oh, did we lose her? We may have lost Nicole. (laughs) Man (laughs) down
0: man down <laughs>
2: yeah. it's funny it says that three people are still recording so maybe yeah. she can hear us and it's like wait I have something to say yeah.
0: <laughs> she'll hop back on
2: yeah so for sure I have clients who um have dealt with that exact exact thing I was actually speaking with a newer client recently and she was telling me that it she knows she's very familiar with that term she's actually a coach and said, you know, she understands that she has this issue around scarcity and she's never been able to figure out why.
1: Yeah. Because
2: she was never in a situation as a child where. She, um, you know, didn't have enough food. I do have a client who was in that situation as well, who they didn't, ha- they didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And so she struggles with scarcity from that because like, they never knew, like, when am I going to get dinner? Or like, I'm not going to have snacks. Yeah. Um, so this, this woman was always like, I don't know where this comes from because I always had plenty of food. Well, the more we talked about it, what she realized is that um, her mom had her on a perpetual diet from a young age. So she oh, was, wow. you know, and Jenny Craig and being forced to, you know um, hide food. Yeah. Um, and so clearly that's where it came from. And, you know, so I think it can take some, you know, and she's a woman in my age range. And so it had never, um, it had never occurred to her that those things were connected. Wow. Um, until, you know, I started asking some questions and we kind of started trying to get to the root of it and that's where we realized it it came from. And so now that's something she can deal with. And so when we, it can come from all kinds of places, you know, it can come from that we dieted ourselves as grown-ups for too long, you know, that we restrict ourselves too much, it can come from something in our childhood where we dieted, or where we, you know, we didn't have enough food. So there's lots of places that scarcity mindset can come from. But what it comes down to is choosing now to make a different choice and to know and to say to yourself, hey, all food is available at all times. And that can really help.
0: Oh, yeah. I think for me, I've just gone through this whole like transformation around that exact concept in the past three, four months. And I didn't even know I had it um, until I started working with a coach. And it's like amazing when you get down to the root of the problem and you don't just like bypass it, you know, like put a band aid on it and say like, oh, like it's just this, you know, it's because it was a holiday or like it was because yeah. it was this or. It's like, no, like, there's there's some trigger, there's something in your past that is making, you know, is making you do this. Or it's a habit um, that you, you know, constantly overeat at certain, you know, whatever it is. And it's like addressing the root of that problem, I think, is really the only way to, to see, you know, forward progress with that type of stuff.
2: Yeah, I think it's that way with so many, so many facets of eating and exercise for people who have been chronically overweight for most of their lives. There's often a lot more to it than just calories in calories out. Like that's what comes down to losing the weight. But as far as keeping it off, figuring out like, why, why did I, why was I overweight in the first place? And what did I do? Because, you know, I gained and we lost the same pounds over and over and over. What was I doing and figuring out why can really help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what are these habits that have kind of kept me stuck there? Uh,
0: Nicole, did you? Um, are you back with us? Okay, cool. I'm back. Cool. Yeah, just sorry. went for a little run there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I threw <laughs> some friends, and you're not even winded. I know it's amazing. Your
0: cardio, your cardio <laughs> health is right back where it was before you left for Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I was asking about um, like scarcity mindset and abundance mindset. And if you've experienced anything to do with that in terms of eating or if you've had any clients that have maybe, like, come to you and they're just, like, almost, like, chronically overeating or maybe they have a hard time during certain holidays or certain days or events. um, And just, like, your experience with that mindset.
1: Yeah. I I think most of my clients deal with overeating on a regular basis. Sorry, Mike. Mm -hmm connections like in and out We can hear something. you Nicole. Oh, you can? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like an echo on my end. It's okay. Hold on. Um, yeah. So for most of my clients, they are dealing with a lot of emotional eating, uh-huh. and I work with a lot of moms. And so I think that with the busyness of being a mom and if they're working it's really hard to juggle yeah and they get into this mindset of i deserve this and i need this
0: oh yeah 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 like using food as reward almost
1: yes exactly and yeah. want to yeah how do you yeah. help them
0: um you know cope with that
1: well first i tell them like nobody. Did I always explain to them, like, nobody deserves to overeat or binge, and it's not actually the food, because usually they think it's the food, and they have no willpower. Um, And I explained to them the science behind emotional eating and how it's not actually the food, but it's their feelings. Um, And so then we work on food diaries, and we try to figure out what's causing the emotional eating.
0: Yeah, finding the root cause.
1: Yeah, exactly. So food diaries always work really well, Um, where you're not just writing down, like, what you binged on, but you're writing down where were you, what were you doing, what were you thinking, like, what's going on in life in general, so that we can look for some patterns.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it also opens your eyes to how many calories that you are eating, which is sometimes can be scary to just... See that on paper, like, oh wow, I thought I was only eating like 2,000. I'm actually eating like 3,500, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. And I know for me, like, I can predict now when I want to emotionally eat. Like, I know when it's about to happen because I've done that, I've written it down, and I know the things that are about to trigger it. And I'll be like, you're not even hungry. You're not even hungry. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, if it's I want to avoid a task, like if I'm overwhelmed by what I need to do, I will try to distract myself by being like, I could use a snack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really, I don't need a snack. I just need to sit down and do my work or go clean the dishes or do whatever it is. Or if I start getting really upset with my kids about something, like if they're stressing me out and something serious is going on, I immediately, I'm just like, I need to eat. And I don't need to eat. But it took me a long time to realize those things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm working on that right now myself, like, because I went through a very, like, good I would say like year or two phase of that and I didn't really like know that it was happening until I was like why is my body not changing (laughs) it was like oh because I'm having these like (laughs) constant food episodes where like I'm I'm in a calorie deficit I'm working my ass off in the gym so it's not the gym that's the issue um but it's the food these like oh, these just little emotional episodes, you know? But those definitely can, you know, those can add up, and depending on the severity of them, they can, like, for sure cause you to not only not lose fat, but to gain weight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think most people are in the diet mindset, but they're not actually in a deficit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, they're putting in the effort But it's actually not. um, The numbers aren't really there, so that it feels like they're doing a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But it's actually not making any forward momentum.
1: Yeah, and it's usually if you're not tracking, or you're depending on the databases, like in MyFitnessPal, you know, and you're not really, you don't really know what's in your food.
0: Yeah. I guess I think portions, too, is a huge thing. Just, like, understanding that a tablespoon of peanut butter is different than 16 grams of peanut butter. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you weigh it versus if you measure it. My yeah. peanut butter tablespoon always looks like two tablespoons. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, I think for for everyone out there that's like, maybe did have a... Say that a lot of people listening did have you know, not the greatest Thanksgiving or maybe they, they were doing really well at dinner and then like the dessert spread came out and they just kind of went like crazy. Um, what do you guys suggest like for getting back on track, like mentally, physically? Um, do you what do you
2: what advice do you give your
0: clients? What advice do you give yourselves?
2: Move on. <laughs> That's the biggest <laughs> one. Move on. Don't dwell on it. Um, food guilt is not useful. And I think that's a really important point for people. Like we start to feel guilty about what we ate. And I think it can really help people to know, like, there's no point in that. It is not going to serve you well. It's not going to take the food back out of your stomach. It's not going to make you make better choices. It's probably going to make you make worse choices because now you're going to feel demoralized and like you can't do it. So making an actual choice when you start to feel guilty about what you ate to say, like, not necessary. It was just food and moving on in that moment, Mm. not doing the dreaded. I'll start again on Monday kind of thing, but literally just from that moment, making a good choice right then.
0: Yeah. What about you?
1: living in the past? Like it's just with anything, it's just not good, especially with food. And if you're feeling guilty, then you're just adding more stress to your body and making it harder to lose weight. And so I always say, if you're feeling bad, just go eat a big ass salad and some fruit and you'll feel better.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like taking action like that. I think that's a great strategy, Nicole, like actually taking a positive action because then that's what's fresh in your mind. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or like going for a walk. Like if you've missed a bunch of workouts and you just can't seem to get the momentum to get back in the gym, just like go outside and like go for a walk. Like it's very minimal effort. It doesn't require equipment. You probably have shoes at home, you know, like <laughs> probably, <laughs> you know, like just go outside and walk and come back and automatically, like you're going to feel better. And really, yeah. when you feel better, you're more willing to, I think, like, you know, get your head straight again and get back into the like remembering why you started all this in the first place.
2: Yeah, I love that. And coming from a place of I'm doing something good for myself, I'm not punishing myself. I'm not punishing myself. I'm making myself go get some cardio. I'm doing something healthy for myself. I'm doing something that's going to make me feel good is a a great way to look at it. And there's so many choices. You could go for a walk. You could, you know, do some meal planning. You could plan your workouts for the next week. You could do a five-minute body weight workout in your living room. Like there's so many choices. You could check in with your coach, you know, like all kinds of things you could do to just kind of take an action that are going to make you feel better. Yeah.
0: I think something too is like, I know for you guys, like your families, right? Like they're, you live with your family and getting them to be on board with your goals and so that like they know them Um, and whether they, you know, we obviously, we hope that they support them, but whether they do those goals with you, like if they're trying to lose weight or maybe they're trying to get stronger, or just be healthier in general, like being like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? You know, because like that can also, just like doing it with someone else can be a lot more enticing than just like going out for a walk by yourself. If you're not feeling, you know, the the yeah. the the wandering, the wandering walk by yourself, um, and I, I think it can be more enticing. And then that person maybe they're not super motivated to go, but you're more motivated. So it's like they they will help you a little bit, like get your butt off the couch, you know. <laughs> absolutely,
1: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That, that, that can work. Accountability is key.
0: Yeah, and the times where you're not motivated. <laughs> It's huge for yeah. sure. That's, that's a huge one. What is your, what are your each um, like go-to things when you're, when you've fallen off track, whether it be with diet or exercise, like what's the first thing you do to like get your head straight?
1: Um, I meditate.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you, do you use an app? Do you just sit there? I use, what do you um,
1: do? Gabby Bernstein's ga- guided meditations. I'm like in a monthly group.
0: Okay. And so is it, how it does is it work?
1: So you log in mm-hmm. and every month there's a new meditation and podcast and type stuff. And then you just pick what meditation you feel like. Okay. Like whatever's going on in your life.
0: Like a stress one or like a.
1: Yeah. Whatever. Like today it's a spirit guide one and then there's journaling afterwards. Um, but there's like loving your body ones. There's, you know, dealing with limiting beliefs, um, like whatever's going on in your there
0: that's really cool and do you feel like it helps you reset and get you in the right like mental space like what is it about that that helps you feel more grounded
1: i think it's taking the time for myself and like for me meditation isn't you know Silencing my mind, but it's more focusing on a specific thing, and it's just that time for myself. No kids, no work, no nothing—just me.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I used to be very, way better about meditation, but I've totally fallen off the uh, the wagon with that one. <laughs> uh, so honestly, for me, like, it's... oh, it's go like ahead.
1: Breathing For me now,
0: it's what breathing.
1: It's like breathing. Yeah, like I have to do it.
0: Huh. That's so interesting. How often do you do it? Do you do it every day?
1: Every day. Sometimes I'll do it a couple days by the time.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing. What about you, Kim?
2: So for me, the going off track is usually if it's something, if I've, um, you know, not been eating all that well for me, the workouts don't really, I don't really get off track there too much.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it's with eating. If I, you know, kind of just stopped, tra- cause I don't always track my calories anymore. I was not in a fat loss phase for well over a year at this point. Um, but then I, I was like, you know, I could kind of stand till you use a little, lose a little bit of weight. Um, but I didn't really want to track. And so for me, um, it was when I said, you know what, I'm just going to start tracking again daily. And I'm going to start weighing again daily. And that accountability always helps me, like seeing the numbers real, live, in person, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, not avoiding them. I guess that's the thing, not avoiding it because avoiding it doesn't make it go away, you know? Right. You know, so if I'm working on a fat loss goal, being very um, accountable to myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think um, that is the biggest thing for anything like when you're restarting or you're getting back on track it's like how do you do this like you just need someone else's help and not being afraid to admit that you need someone else's help or need some type of metric to keep you accountable Mm -hmm. you know because I think I don't know about you guys but I have a much easier time letting myself down than someone else
2: yeah absolutely yeah 100 yeah 100 (laughs) percent 100% and you know and also even if it's not another person like the idea that we it was what some I think Nicole was talking about like you you feel like you're dieting all the time but you're not making progress and it's so demoralizing and a lot of it is because we're avoiding the things that are going to actually help us if you're not tracking your food but you're eating healthy you know actually tracking your food can be the thing that's going to get you the progress you know but maybe we don't want to really see it in those cold hard numbers but when we do it helps yeah Yeah.
0: Have you guys ever gone through a maybe had a client or yourself where they, um, you know, like they they tell you their goals and blah, blah, blah. And they're doing everything at first they need to do. um, But then they realize that their goal that they set for themselves, they actually don't want it as much as. They thought they did when it comes to fat loss or getting stronger, whatever it is, because the time required or the effort required to get to that goal is bigger than they want to put in.
1: Yep, 100%. Yeah. So I yeah. have my clients at the beginning um, write down their and how they came with their values. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes our goal is I want to look like that on Instagram, and that's a really- their like uh, they're- I
2: think I'm not hearing her- Nicole anymore very well. Is she breaking up for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicole, you're breaking up again.
1: Oh,
2: okay. Kim, do well, you want to answer that one while Nicole gets some <laughs> service? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, I've done it both myself. And I have a client I'm working with right now who I just adore. And she's already quite slim. Um, and she wanted to get slimmer. And so we started by talking about what that might take and what that would look like. And she was in it. And as she was doing it, she said, you know, I'm realizing I don't think I really want that. I don't want it. She's like, I don't know. I don't know that I want to do what it takes to get there. And I said, that's totally fine. So she's kind of reevaluated what she wants. And so now she's working more on becoming an intuitive eater and um, versus, you know, trying to get leaner yeah and it's totally fine to do that like you can change your goals oh so that's yeah what we're working on now
0: yeah one of that actually happened to one of my clients as well she was making a um a good amount of like fat loss progress inches were falling off of her fitting into clothes and including food she's never had before um but she just kind of realized like within this the next four weeks between thanksgiving and in christmas like it's a hard four weeks I don't know, you know, it's like there's a lot of parties. There's a lot of holidays, a lot of just food and opportunity. And we talked about it and she's like, you know, I really like I want this, but I don't think that being in a fat loss phase for the next four weeks is the best thing for me. And I was like, I 100% agree. I think that sometimes you have to, you know, go back to maintenance or just, you know, go back to that place before and it's not it's not a step backwards it's more just acknowledging like you don't need to always be dieting like you don't always need to be chasing a new goal sometimes it's okay to find the groove that you're in and then you know set a new goal and a new benchmark and then work towards it but I think yeah it can can get exhausting and it can kind of feel like you constantly have to be chasing something else when Mm -hmm. sometimes just maintenance is like a good practice to be in
2: you know? Yeah. And maintenance can be a total, completely acceptable goal to say like, I want to maintain my weight and maybe you pick something else you want to do. Like maybe you want to like improve how many chin-ups you can do, or you want to, you know, learn to run a 5k or whatever it is you want to do. You can set other goals besides weight loss. It's not the only goal out there. Um, and maintenance can be a, a totally valid goal. Yeah. Yep. Um, You know, I know I, for one, for years thought that what I really wanted was to get a six pack and I worked really, really hard at it and I was getting really pretty close, but it was so draining and it was getting harder and harder. And at the same time, my main goal was to increase my deadlift. Well, those are really (laughs) kind of, those are kind of competitive goals. Yeah. And, and I was making very slow progress on both. Yeah. And uh, a little over a year ago, I finally gave up the six pack one and just went for the deadlift one. (laughs) So are you happy you did? And yeah, I am. I've put, I have to think about it, how many pounds I put on my deadlift from then. A lot. I've put a lot of pounds on my deadlifts since then. And, you know, um, I will still, I'll probably go through another fat loss phase here uh, in a bit, but it's not going to be to get as lean as I once thought I wanted to be because my other goal is just too important to me.
0: Yeah. I think that, so. um, you know,
2: thinking about what
0: we're going to talk about next to um, a sneak peek for everyone <laughs> listening, is, is setting goals, um, especially with the new year coming. Like, I think it's a good time to to sit back and evaluate um, what you've accomplished over the year. And then, you know, just using January one as a new like a new set, a new time to make new goals. Um, and so maybe, you know, the, the thing that you're working on now brings you into 2019 and you're like all right like we're going to maintain and then once 2019 hits we're going to do something new but whatever it is i think it's more just about like having a being in tune with what you really want and why you want it mm-hmm. because that yeah. can, that can change a lot based on like <laughs> external circumstances based on your job based on your family it's not a lot of stuff and to constantly be like checking in with yourself like okay, is this really what I want still? Like just making sure that it's everything is still in alignment.
2: Yeah. And letting yourself be okay, changing your goal and knowing it doesn't mean you're giving up. It just means, you know, things have changed and now I have a different goal and it's totally fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, are you there?
2: I'm here.
1: Cool. Um, We were talking,
0: uh, do do you want to finish what you were saying?
1: (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. What I was saying was that um, with my one on one clients and with my group coaching clients, they are like, I always do mindset homework every single week. And their first mindset homework is to list out their goals, and then list out how their goals align with their values. Because sometimes, like you said, we have these goals that aren't really attainable. Like I want to look like that, you know, gym shark girl on Instagram. But I mean, in reality, you're a busy working mom. You are not going (laughs) to look like a job that doesn't involve being in the gym all day. Like that Mm -hmm. goal is really doesn't align with your values or your lifestyle. And so I have them do that. And when they sit down and do that and they really start to think about it, they're like, wow okay so this is what i really want and this is what i can you know really achieve and then we sort of walk through that and see what that looks like um because i think it's so easy to see some chick online or on tv and want to look like that but it's like when you take a picture to the hairdresser and you're like give me jennifer innocent's haircut and then the hairdresser's like what the f-? you know okay. come on chick. you do you do not look like jennifer <laughs> you know it's kind of like sure. that where you you have to, you know, you have to have real, realistic expectations.
0: Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. Realistic expectations and a realistic timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those are key. So I know. important. I know that I've definitely had a totally false sense of timeline, <laughs> um, especially when I first started working out and um, trying to lose weight, like just thought it was going to happen in eight weeks, you know? Like, I followed Kayla's bikini beach body guide. And, like, all those transformations were, like, eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. And I was like, Woo! Is that that
1: Australian chick? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I started on her.
0: <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I I think, like, it was good because I, I actually, like, stuck to something for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also really unmotivating because I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, why... Why can't I just be like that, you know? Like why is my why is my after picture not nearly as good as those other ones? And it was because I had such a false sense of transformation. And even 12 yeah. 12 weeks felt like forever, you know, and Yeah, 12 weeks is really
2: just a season. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's so important to have realistic expectations so you're not crushed like that and that you like value the progress you have made, you know, because Sam, I bet you were making progress. Maybe it didn't look like those other people what they did in eight weeks or 12 weeks. But it doesn't negate the fact that you made huge progress. And, you know, I think it's so discouraging for people when they expect one thing, and they get another. And then they're like, I'm still like, but that's still six pounds. And you know, they wanted 12. or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're thinking, but you're, you're not seeing the part where you lost six, you know, or you've lost a dress size. So it's so important to be able to see the progress you have made versus wanting the progress that you wish you could have.
0: Yeah. I think it honestly comes down to perspective and you can't get it yourself. You need someone else to tell you and to help you. Uh because you just you can't look at it objectively. There's just no way to really do it. Just because So
2: true. That is so true.
0: We're humans. You know, like, we all have these things that we expect and we have a standard we hold ourselves to. At least I do. And I think all three of us do, you know. And I think even though, like, we talk about wanting all these goals, right, and we're like, oh, I want this, I want that. It's actually really hard for me and for a lot of people to really talk about, like, why they want the things they do. Have you guys experienced that, like, when a client – when you – have a new client or you're like oh what are your goals and then they tell you and then you're like why and they're like um, um and they're almost nervous to tell you that they just want to yeah. feel and look good naked like because that's really yeah. what everyone wants
2: yeah <laughs> yeah I guess what I find is they're pretty readily of easily they they're easy to come up with a reason why but it's not always the actual reason why yeah 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 exactly you know what I'm saying it's not like they're like well I have no idea yeah like they say some stuff but it doesn't quite feel like maybe that's it and it sometimes takes some time yeah for them to you know say actually this is really why and this is what I really want and this is why I want it you know and sometimes it's because they don't really know and sometimes it's because they feel weird admitting it they feel vain or like that there's other things that are more important or that they shouldn't want that thing yeah
0: I don't know why like we're conditioned to think that way though you know like why can we not want the things we want like oh like someone's gonna judge us for wanting to have a nice butt like what the hell (laughs) I want a nice you know I want a nice
2: that's ridiculous because I want one I
0: know like I want the biggest butt ever but I've worked
2: hard for that I know
0: but (laughs) but I think it honestly took me a few years to be able to say that and genuinely one mean it and two not not worry about being judged by saying it. Because I think yeah. at first I was like, uh, yeah, I want a butt, you know? <laughs> You're yeah. like, timid in the corner. And now I'm like, I want a big butt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that is a valid goal, my friend. Yes.
2: <laughs> you need yeah. to hear it. <laughs> I
1: agree. Because sometimes I feel like right now I'm totally physique focused and I haven't been in a couple years, but then I like I my gym world is kind of performance focused and so here I am like not doing the CrossFit classes and I'm like hip thrusting my brains out and you know no one's act no one in my gyms actually knows what hip thrusts are besides the actual coaches. Really? Now I care about physique. So I'm hip thrusting my brains out.
0: Whether that be in the gym or in real life, who knows?
1: (laughs) The world will never know. Trust me, it's in real life too. (laughs) But sometimes so sometimes the goals are different too and, and I agree Sam like owning like that you want to like wanting to change your body to look like a certain way is nothing you should feel ashamed of. like you can still love yourself but also want to make changes to your body but I think as women like we don't want to admit that especially where there's this like huge movement of self-love and accepting your body the way it is it's kind of confusing sometimes. Yeah.
0: I think that's so yeah. true.
1: I actually just had – I just trained one of my clients,
0: um, and she was a little hesitant to tell me what she wanted. And I was like, just say it. Like, you don't have to worry about feeling vain. And I was like, look, I'll tell you my goals. And then I told her mine. And I was like, <laughs> here's what they are. you know, And had, I talked about the butt thing. And then she's like, oh yeah, like I want that too. I want a firm <laughs> <laughs> a firm tush. That's what she said. And I was like, yes! <laughs> see, we're getting somewhere. Like it's it's like you almost need to like take the facade off, you know, like strip down to the bare bones, like, okay, just give me a laundry list of what you want. Like, okay, I want like I want toned arms. I want a nice ass. I want I want, you know, a I don't want to have to feel like I have to do a happy dance to fit in my pants, you know, like to put my jeans on, <laughs> like all these things are like, okay, that's, that's good. Like you got to get that out there so that I think when motivation fades or like you do fall off track, that you can go back to that thing that got you started <laughs> in the first place.
2: Yeah. And for what it's worth, I think it's a false dichotomy that's put out there that either we love ourselves or we're working on changing ourselves. I think it's possible to do both. I think people need help sometimes to do both, and it's something I really work with on my clients to know that, like, you can still love yourself and think you're amazing and want to change something about yourself. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. Yes, and a lot of it, and a lot of it comes down to how you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Agree.
0: Yes. Oh man, we just like went full circle. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a whole other episode on this topic. Of, I think you're right. Of, Great. Uh, yeah, so we should yeah. save it. We should save it. Yeah, um, we'll save it. But. I could talk all day. I know. So could I. <laughs> all about the butts, you
2: know? <laughs> but we could have an entire episode <laughs> all about butts. But I, I can talk about, about glute training. <laughs> me too. Like nobody's business. <laughs>
0: we're going to do it, I think, actually. Nice butt question mark. Listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have one more question for you guys both. What is the thing that you're the most proud of in 2018 for yourselves?
1: Oh Lord, can you go first.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> okay, um, I'm actually really proud of myself. Can I pick two?
0: Oh my god, that, yes! Breaking the rule? No, breaking the, the rule? more the
2: merrier. Okay, I've got two. Okay. So I'm super proud. Of my deadlift that I did at the meet with you, Sam. (laughs) Me too. 270 270 was a huge accomplishment, especially coming off that year of injury. Yeah. It was a big deal for me that I even got myself committed to do a meet and that I then hit a PR. This meant the world to me. So that I'm super proud about that. And then I'm super proud about building my business. It's been really hard to get to the point I'm at. And it's just like fat loss where you work and you work and you work and it doesn't seem like anything's happening. And you keep trying if you keep, cause a lot of people give up then, right. And if you keep doing it and putting in the work, then you see the results, you know, like I've been working really hard to build this online coaching business and not much was happening for a while Yeah, until, until it did, until it did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm really proud with sticking through all of the really hard, not that it's not still hard, but it just gets better. You know, it just gets easier when you see success and, you know, and now I have a ton of clients and. It just it takes a long time of working hard and not seeing results to see the results, and I'm proud I stuck for it. Hell yeah.
0: I love it. I love both of those things. I'm so yeah, glad yeah, you too. PR'd, and I'm so glad you're a coach, because we wouldn't be on this call if not.
1: It's true. <laughs> uh, what about you, Nicole? Um, I think, I mean, besides just everything my kids do and being proud of that, um, I think for me, like, I put myself out there way more this year. Like, I flew to LA by myself <laughs> for like four days and I real like and spent all this time with these women I've never met. Um so for me that was like kind of scary and also to leave my kids because I'm like that person who never wants to leave the kids yeah. um for more than a night. And so putting myself out there and collaborating with other um fitness professionals, like especially you ladies too so, doing that, getting my podcast and this podcast going. So, there's a lot of things. Um, and working on my business. Like Kim said, like, like, there are so many times where you just kind of like, I'm putting in all this work and you want to quit. And then something happens and you're like, yay, traction. And then you get that momentum to keep going. Um, and coming from having a successful career in accounting for, 18 years to the last few years starting this business has been such a it's I'm gonna swear it's been such a mind fuck because one is so successful and I worked so hard for it and it's great but now I'm like in this whole other world where I'm not super successful so it's Mm -hmm. like the confidence wasn't there and the last year that's really happened and so I'm happy with that
0: that's amazing very cool what about you Sam Oh, crap. I forgot you were going to ask this back.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to let you off, though. I know. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> <that. laughs> um,
0: <clears throat> I think I'm going to have to do two as well. Um, <clears throat> I think I'll have to piggyback on both of you with the business thing Um, because I definitely feel like I have had a lot of growth this year in putting myself – just making myself more vulnerable, Um. And reaching out to people that I look up to and just saying, like, thank you for doing what you're doing. If I can help out in any way or if I can collaborate with you in any way, i love to. And just kind of, like, being, um, being a networker. Like, just connecting to people. And I love to do that. But I like to do that when I'm, like, in my comfort, like, safe space. So mm-hmm. I definitely <laughs> needed the little, like, push uh, to do that, to reach out to random people on social media and just be like, Hey, I really like you. You're great. You know, and just like <laughs> doing that a few times until I had the balls to like say, Hey, I really like you. You're great. Would you be in my podcast? Or, you know, yeah. like, um, so that, taking that next step. Um, and that, and then, and I think just that yeah. generally applies to business as well. <laughs> like just building up a clientele and making a brand and, and all that stuff. Um, and yeah. then I think, generally for myself I like my business name is Balance with Sam and I think that that's like that's how it started was because I really did think that you could balance like life work gym and that you could eat eighty twenty like everything in in moderation um but I think I went through a phase where that wasn't the case like I was so consumed with work or I was so consumed with my workouts and I think within the past I would say like three to four months I have really like gotten in a groove finding the most optimal amount of each like work life friends family um workouts myself like food mm-hmm. all that stuff and it's really amazing like I obviously you go through phases of like not being as good at it but I think I'm starting to really understand what what my mission statement actually really means like I'm living it out and I think yeah. that it's, it's kind of cool. Like, Oh my God, I made this, this like game plan or like a business plan or whatever it was, the statement. And I didn't, I hadn't even fulfilled it yet. And now I'm like living it in a way. And it's kind of cool to see that happen. I mean, I still have a ways to go, but I think I'm making strides towards it. So that's amazing. Yeah. So I think, I think that's where I'm at. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Yes, it's been awesome. Nicole, I'm glad you got for your, you went for your run and came back and
1: yeah. <laughs> got no, you back I'm on. I'm telling you. Um, you. Guys, if you want to lose weight, you just do tons of cardio. Yeah. <laughs> and eat 1,200 calories. In
2: the middle day. of a podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you just run alongside a car. and It's the sure
0: way to uh, – I don't know if you guys are The Office fans, but um, I don't know if you – do you guys watch The Office or no? Or have you seen I it? I have in the past. It's my yeah, son's back favorite the, show. Back I've definitely seen it okay do you guys remember the episode really quick and then we'll go but do you remember the episode where they're trying to see how fast they can run and they're they're running in front of the like speed limit um tracker and I don't know if it's Dwight or Michael but like runs by it as a car runs by it, and he's like fuck yeah I just ran 35 miles hour. <laughs> and I just imagined Nicole like running outside next to a van being like yes nailed it. <laughs> oh, that's <God>. me. <laughs>
2: and that's where I went during the podcast. <laughs> oh, such
0: a good show. Anyways.
2: <laughs> All right ladies.
0: <laughs> well, it's been real you guys. I, I hope All right. I hope hopefully talk this soon. yeah, this helped and I'll talk to you guys in 2 weeks. All
2: right. All right. Cool. See you later. So, Bye, sounds guys. good. Bye. Bye.
0: Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I hope the tips that Kim, Nicole, and I shared with you guys will be helpful for you in the next weeks and lead you into 2019 feeling like a badass like you can conquer it all. If you have any questions or want to propose a topic to us, please get in touch. Check out my website www.balancewithsam.com or you can give me feedback on my Instagram or even on the podcast itself on iTunes or Spotify. Really looking forward to staying in touch and check in with you guys next week have an awesome rest of your day